Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to be discussing the final full moon of 2020, the final full moon forecast of 2020, which is so symbolic. It's so significant. And we'll get into more of the reasons as to why that is. But I just want to take a moment to thank each of you for being here. It feels just like yesterday that it was 2019 and we were discussing what to expect in the year of 2020, which of course ended up being so incredibly transformational. And I just appreciate the Astrology Now listeners for continuing to follow. And I just hope that these forecasts can be helpful for you in preparing for the years ahead. And just like in 2019, when we were discussing 2020, I do want to reiterate, I've been saying this on a few of the podcasts, 2021 is going to come with its own host of issues. It's not going to be a pandemic. It's not going to be anything health related. But we are about to enter a new era. And this is our last full moon before Pluto enters Capricorn, which is a huge, 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 huge shift. Okay, it's our last full moon of 2020. There's so much symbolism, so many karmic implications that I'm going to get into, but we are about to see the world completely change, completely change from what it's been. And before we jump into that, and before we do talk more about the full moon and what that can represent, I do want to remind you all that I have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. And every Monday I post weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs. I also post one educational session a week that is designed to help you learn how to decipher birth charts. So we've already done the first house ruler through the houses. So if you have the first house ruler in the second, the first house ruler in the seventh. Every option is available to you for you to learn more about your birth chart. And now we are working through the series Saturn through the houses so that we can learn how Saturn may operate when placed through the 12 houses in a birth chart. There are also many different tiers available. If you're interested in learning astrology with me, I have offerings where you can join in on classes that are live and there's time for discussion and questions. There's also an offering to receive tarot readings. So there's a lot to check out on Patreon. If you enjoy Astrology Now podcast and you want more content in your week, it may be something that is helpful for you. If you've been wanting to learn how to read a birth chart, how to study Vedic astrology, I do have a full course coming up. It will be the first of 2020. And that will take place on January 24th at 12 p.m. Central Time. And we will meet for a few different Sundays. To learn more about that, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga. Click on offerings and then group study. Scroll to the bottom to see the dates and just get more information on that course. Of course, if you want to see your Vedic birth chart, go to my website, go to offerings, and then chart. You can calculate your Vedic birth chart to see where the planets were at the moment of your birth. So jumping in to this full moon forecast and talking about the incredible significance of what is going on. On December 
29th, we are going to have our full moon in the nakshatra of Ardra. And so for many of you, if you've been following this podcast, you're probably like, oh my gosh. So Ardra and Mula were the two nakshatras responsible for the pandemic and for so much of the destruction and demolition that we witnessed in 2020. Whenever Rahu and Ketu move into the karmic nodes of Ardra and Mula, stuff goes down, okay? Drama occurs, demolition and destruction occur. Ardra is ruled by the god Rudra. And Rudra is the god of demolition and destruction. It's said he shoots arrows of death and disease. Okay. Very, very powerful nakshatra. We can see this connection to COVID and to illness. Rudra is also connected to overcoming obstacles and resiliency. And so today I want to spend time talking about resiliency how we may sabotage our own resiliency, and what we can do to become more resilient. The full moon is a time of letting go. When we talk about the new moon, it's all about introspection and reflection and planting seeds of intention and growing something. When the moon is full, it's at its capacity of light. From there, The only place it can go is down. Energy becomes stripped from the moon. So it's seen as a general time of letting go and release. On this day, on December 29th, when we have our full moon, auspicious activities for Ardra are destructive activities, literally breaking things apart. It's a good time to get rid of old objects, just get rid of things around the house, decluttering, sprucing up. It is a good time for confrontations and working through difficult topics. So if there has been a conversation that you've been wanting to have or something challenging in your life that you want to confront, Ardra tends to give a really good energy for that. It's not a good time for a wedding. It's not a good time for a ceremony. It's not a good time for these more lighthearted, jovial activities. So please try to keep that in mind as well. And I do want to say the individuals who I've met who have Ardra strong in their chart, they have a difficult time, especially in the early life. Ardra is connected to addiction. It's connected to abandonment, parental issues. It's connected to having these challenging events. So the people who I meet who have this nakshatra strong, there may be a connection to these things, but they're also incredibly resilient. They're self-reliant. They're resilient. I mean, they kick ass. Like they are so hardcore and (laughs) they know how to take care of themselves. And a lot of the time they really know themselves. And when we think about this experience with COVID and this 2020 What this nakshatra has kind of pushed all of us to do is what? Become more resilient, become more self-reliant. We're pushed into our homes, you know, away from others in a way. And even though we've been physically separated, we have found ways to connect through Zoom, through the phone, through FaceTime. We found ways to stay connected and 
find companionship, which so much research has shown, and I'm going to come back to this a little bit later, resiliency in humans is built and sustained through having a place in community a lot of the time. There are other ways to build resiliency, but having your spot, rather it be in a religious organization like a church, it could be in a family, it could be in a meditation hall, it could be in a class, it could be in a yoga class. I know that for me, and I do have Ardra in my chart, um, for me, a weekly yoga class showing, well, it was a daily yoga class. I would go every day, but having that spot in that community built so much resiliency in me. And that's what I needed. Some people, you know, it may be different, but having somewhere where you're showing up and having connection to others, again, so much research shows and proves that this is a really powerful way to build and sustain resiliency. I think that we often think of resiliency as being an island, of being like this self-sustaining human. And that's just not the way it works. Um, I think that humans are meant to be connected and meant to be social and have significant relationships and connections. So that's my own personal belief. But anyway, moving into this piece on resiliency, how to build it and how to let go of and release these elements of our life that may be detrimental to our resiliency. And so to me, resiliency first with connection or serving other people, but it's also taking care of our physical body because it's all connected, our mind, our emotions, and our physical body. So make sure we're getting enough sleep, make sure that we're eating healthy food, make sure that our physical body is well and sound, getting plenty of sunlight and activities. But it's also awareness of our thoughts, awareness of how our thoughts influence our actions and how these thoughts may keep us stuck. So it's really living with intention living intentionally, understanding how our actions impact our thoughts and how our thoughts impact our actions. I think that it's also built, resiliency is built from viewing events with clarity and understanding that events happening around you and things happening to you are not a reflection of who you are, your worth, or your potential. So this could be being spoken down to as a child and not having your feelings validated. It's like, okay, so this was an event. It was a powerful event. But those words don't limit you. They don't define you. They have nothing to do with you. That's all more of a reflection of someone else. And so now as an adult, stepping away from that and doing your best to unravel those limitations that were imposed on you. It could also be losing a job losing some position it's like okay this was an event but it has nothing to do with you who you are what your worth is and most importantly what you are capable of that's the big thing is just because you lost a position something happened in the world around you do not allow that to limit you and set a bar because you can absolutely overcome that and surpass it 
Learning from our mistakes and changing our behavior is a way to create resiliency. Making a mistake, seeing how it impacted our life. Again, it's living with intention. It's like, okay, my action created this result. I am going to change my behavior. And if we fail to change our behavior, we are, it's like a self-imposed cycle. We are keeping ourselves in our cycle and we can only blame ourselves for that. Our action, like when I'm talking about the world around us, it's different. But when it comes to our actions, we are fully responsible in how we are interacting with the world. So learning from the mistakes and changing our behavior to reflect the reality that we want to create, creating something different, having the power and the potential to make a change and going for it. That's a resilient human. And so ways that we may be sabotaging our resiliency, talking down to ourselves and having a distorted narrative. And so again, telling yourself you're not good enough, telling yourself you can't create what you want to create, telling yourself that you're worthless because of X, Y, and Z, and like trying to find data around you to support that. So this could look like having a belief that you're not worthy of love. And by that, you push people away. You choose partners who are not loving and who are not warm. You create an environment that is going to uphold and affirm that belief. So this is setting ourselves up for failure. This is setting ourselves up to not have resiliency and to live in a place of woundedness, quite frankly. And so how can we begin to move beyond that? It's taking our beliefs and shifting them no longer buying into false, distorted narratives. So it does take a lot of self-awareness and self-reflection to pinpoint those and what it is in your life, but a few of those may be, I'm never going to make enough money. I'm never going to find a good partner. I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to be able to connect with my children in an honest way. I'm never going to be able to quit alcohol. I'm never going to be able to eat healthy. I'm never going to be able to heal myself. None of these are real. And whenever our thoughts slip into all or nothing, so I'm always this way, I'm never this way, I'm never going to be this way, that's when you know that there's a distortion happening. Because nothing in life is always and never. So be really mindful about those thoughts and just be aware of them write them down, and then start trying to reverse it. Just flip the thought. And whenever you feel yourself going into that territory of I don't deserve love, flip it. I absolutely deserve love. I am capable of love. I'm open to love. And so that's one example. Um, I am never going to make enough money. I am capable of making enough money. I am worthy of making enough money. I am going to make enough money. So catching those thoughts and trying to turn them, and this is going to create a lot of hope. It's going to create a lot of self-empowerment. And then through that, it's going to feel more resilient for you. So cutting through the down talk, cutting through the limiting beliefs and the distorting beliefs. Another thing is being intentional about your environment and the people you surround yourself with. The people who you surround yourself with are a powerful influence in how you view yourself and what you think you're capable of. 
notice how people are talking to you. Are they supportive of you and your dreams? Are they supportive of you in general? Do they share with you authentically? And then with the environment, where are you hanging out? Are you hanging out in a meditation hall or are you hanging out in a bar? Notice how the environment is supporting behaviors that are keeping you in a cycle. And so an example of that may be, okay, I don't think that I am worthy of genuine connection. In the evening, I go to this bar and I have these drinks and I don't connect with people authentically. Those actions, and this is, you know, I'm not saying bars are bad. I'm not saying alcohol is necessarily bad. This is just an example of how you could play into a cycle with your action and by putting yourself in a specific environment. And so how can you choose to change those actions to put yourself in a more positive and uplifting environment that's going to be more supportive of your overall goal? So if you are wanting authentic connection, well, do you think that that would be more likely to happen with a phone call with an old friend or going to a yoga class and connecting with yourself, connecting with a teacher, doing something online that feels fulfilling? Just being mindful of how the environment is impacting you. It's going to do a lot in how you feel in terms of hope and, again, resiliency. The final thing that I'll say, I have so many written down here, but the final thing that I'll say is giving power away and abandoning yourself. And I talk about this all the time in terms of abandoning yourself. But true resiliency, from what I've seen and experienced so far, you know, in my, in my personal life and the people around me, is when you're not willing to abandon yourself and negotiate on what you find to be true, real, and valuable. And so having these things in your mind, like your own code of ethics in a way, like, okay, I know that X, Y, and Z are important. I know that I deserve X, Y, and Z. I know I'm not going to settle for less than X, Y, and Z. And holding on to those and not worrying if someone is going to like you or not. And again, Ardra has this connection to abandonment and, and to parental issues. And I think that these two things are so connected to how we operate as adults. And we're so worried about losing love or losing connection or people not liking us. And what's really important is us not abandoning ourselves, us loving ourselves, us standing by ourselves no matter what. Um, and so really connecting with that, I think that it's a really amazing time to sit down with a piece of paper and write out three things for each, you know, I like three, three to five of this is what I need in my life. These are my goals. This is what I'm striving for. These are the qualities of people I want to surround myself with. These are three habits I want every day. These are three habits I want to quit every day. These are three things I'm not willing to negotiate on. These are three virtues that I'm not willing to compromise on. The people in my life have to be honest. They have to be upfront. They have to be respectful. So getting clarity on these things, writing them down, having them close to your heart, and being so honest with yourself about your surroundings. And sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy to write down, okay, 
honesty, transparency, and respect are important to me and I'm not going to settle for less. And then you find that the person who you've been spending all of your time with does not treat you with respect, does not talk to you honestly, is not transparent. It takes a lot of courage to be able to look at that honestly and make changes. But I think that this is how, this is like the final boss of, if we're looking at like a video game, it's like the final stage of completing that resiliency because staying true to ourselves and staying connected to ourselves and staying honest with ourselves, that's the key. That's the key to it all. And if we can make that happen, and this is my perspective, you know, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but in my perspective is if we can achieve this, everything else falls into place. Alignment begins to happen. Because in this life, in this incarnation, it's about healing and it's about connecting with ourselves, and it's about finding out who we are. It's not about appeasing someone. It's not about winning love from someone. It's not about jumping through hoops for a job. It's not about this outward material performance. It's about connecting within, staying in alignment with what is true for us and honestly figuring out what that is because sometimes figuring out what that is is a practice in and of itself. So I hope that that was helpful and I hope that it made sense. I know that some of it may be a little bit heady, but I spend a lot of my time thinking about this stuff. (laughs) So, but looking at the rest of the night sky, Mars again has entered Aries and Mars is going to be in Aries from, let's see, December 23rd until February 21st. This is a huge, huge shift and I think that it's going to bring a lot of renewal, a lot of revitalization. It's going to bring a lot of passion. When Mars enters Taurus on February 21st, Mars will be conjoined Rahu. This is significant, significant. I think that, and we're also going to be in Kalasarpa. So I do think that for the economy and for things on a more financial level, this is going to be a more abundant and prosperous time but I think that there's going to be a lot of unrest I think that there's going to be a lot of sudden events I think that it's possible that there is going to be some violence because Mars is also going to be with Uranus which is sudden events it can be conflict um, sudden accidents and then by the time it enters Taurus again on February 21st it will be with Rahu which kind of amplifies these things. So the next couple of months, again, I think it's going to be good for finances. I think it's going to be good for the overall economy. I think that into 2021, we are going to see so much division and conflict around the world. And I I do, I, I think we're about to start seeing things that we've never seen before in terms of disconnection in a way across the continents across the countries I think that we're going to see a lot of unrest and disagreement that's the word that I'm looking for I think we're going to see a lot of disagreement among world leaders and how they think that things should be done Pluto of course is entering Capricorn so as I've been saying this is a completely new time and staying close to yourself, staying close to your resiliency. It's, it's going to make so, it's going to make all this other stuff feel so much easier to navigate. It's focusing on you, what you can control, how you're creating your own life. 
Um, and then in the outer world, there are going to be changes again in currency and finances and structures. I've been talking about this a whole lot. And so very briefly, I'm going to give some predictions for each of the 12 zodiac signs with Mars and Aries, again, that will be from December 23rd until February 21st. So if you are an Aries ascendant or an Aries moon, it is a time of deep transformation. I think that relationships are going to be transforming. I think that there's an opportunity for kind of like past life reconciliation in terms of relationships. I also think it's time to watch your head, be careful of head injuries, be careful of sudden accidents, and be aware of overheating. You might be a little bit hot-headed, okay? I think that things in terms of work are going to be really nice. It's a time to get your finances in order. If you are a Taurus ascendant or a Taurus moon, it is a time to release things from the past. It's a time to clear out the subconscious mind. I do think that it's possible that you'll be having sleep disturbances and interesting dreams. It is also an incredibly karmic time for you in regards to relationship. I think it's possible that you meet someone who's quite different at this time. You might meet a foreigner. You may be attracted to someone in a faraway place. Lots of transformation happening for Taurus at this time and getting your path and your destiny in alignment and really focusing on what you're meant to do in this life. If you are a Gemini moon or a Gemini rising, Mars is going to be in your 11th house. So be mindful of your friends. Your friends may be a little bit needy. They may be kind of up and down. They may be a little bit more dramatic than usual in this transit. So be mindful. And it's also a powerful time to get your health in order. Make sure that you're drinking lots of water, you're eating really good food. There may be some health things that come up. There also may be some back pain. I know that sounds kind of random, but just be watching out for some back pain. Be mindful of your spine in this time period. And you may have the opportunity to meet someone powerful or get um, an opportunity through someone in your network circle. If you are a Cancer Moon or a Cancer Ascendant, Mars has entered your 10th house. So prepare for a revitalization of your career and feeling renewed when it comes to your work. Lots of passion. There may be some unexpected events that occur at work with Mars being at Uranus. So just be mindful for some ups and downs. You'll also have the opportunity to bring more creativity into your work. If that's not super likely, it's a wonderful time to create a fun side venture that is inspiring and allows you to flex your creativity it's also a powerful time for relationships lots of karmic stuff happening here okay if you are a leo ascendant or a leo moon mars has entered your fifth or excuse me your ninth house of your dharma you may be feeling wanderlusty you may be wanting to travel it's an incredible time to learn a new skill to pick up a new hobby, learn a foreign language. It's also a good time to take a road trip somewhere, to go to the mountains, to go somewhere that's a little bit more quiet. So you might be feeling that wanderlust. I also want to say to be mindful of your mother. There may be some sudden ups and downs with her and with your father as well, because of course the ninth house is the house of the father. Um, but there is a connection to the fourth house here. So just be mindful of your parents in this time period. 
If you are a Virgo moon or a Virgo ascendant, Mars has entered your eighth house of transformation with Uranus. So sudden changes, sudden ups and downs. There may be events in this time period that do bring about these sudden changes, these events that give you an opportunity to really grow and transform. It's also such a powerful time for creativity, writing a book, learning, teaching, educating. Oh my gosh. Again, if, if you've been wanting to learn a new skill or a new hobby or take a new course, it's a really powerful time for that. There's also a connection to foreign lands, lots of connection to travel for you. So traveling is an option as well. Of course, staying safe. If you are a Libra moon or a Libra ascendant, Mars has entered your seventh house of relationships. There could be a sudden event with your partner. Your partner may be less predictable than usual, so have a lot of compassion and patience for them. If you are single, it's possible that you meet someone suddenly. It may be like a sudden romance that kind of you know, turns off and on really fast. So just be mindful of these like whirlwind romances. It's also a really good time for money and getting comfortable and prosperity, kind of settling and grounding. If you are a Scorpio moon or a Scorpio ascendant, Mars has entered your sixth house of health and healing. It's in its own sign. So I don't see anything catastrophic happening. But you know, it is Mars, it is in your sixth house. So it's possible that you're going to have some ups and downs with your health, mostly like with your indigestion. But it's a really good time to get on a health kick. So exercising, working out, being physically active, Mars is going to love that energy. So make sure that you're getting out and taking care of yourself physically. It's also a time of service to other people. So you might find that helping others now is really rewarding charity, giving money to others if you have any extra income at this time period. But you're standing out. Venus is on your ascendant. You're really standing out. People are noticing you. So it's a really good time to be noticed and have your voice heard. So be mindful about what you're choosing to say because people are really listening. If you are a Sagittarius moon or a Sagittarius ascendant, Mars is transiting your fifth house of creativity, passion, romance, fun, and children. So if you are a parent, be mindful of your kids. There may be some sudden events that occur with your kids. They may be a little bit less predictable than usual. It's a great time for sports and having fun and being physically active for you as well. So if you enjoy that type of thing, just make sure you're creating enough space in your schedule for that. Your friends may be going through some element of transformation at this time. It's also a time to connect with people who are very different than you in some way and who can teach you something about philosophy or spirituality. I think that this is a super strong time for you in regards to spiritual seeking and spiritual transformation. I think that Sagittarius for the next couple of months, there's going to be some huge shift in their spiritual practice and how they view their own spirituality. So be watching out for that. If you are a Capricorn moon or a Capricorn ascendant, Mars is transiting in your fourth house. 
So this is, of course, the house of the mother. It's your inner sense of security, your inner happiness, and also your land where you're living. If you've been wanting to move these next couple of months, it's super auspicious for real estate. Mars represents real estate. It's in the fourth house of real estate. So moving, um, if you've been thinking about investing, changing land or property in some way, there may be sudden events in your home that occur as well when Mars is transiting with Uranus, of course. And aside from property, I think that you're going to be feeling a lot of inner strength and a lot of fortified, you're going to be fortified to yourself. I think that Capricorn is going through this period where it's so much change, it's so much transformation, but they're having so much opportunity to connect with themselves, show up for themselves, and stand in their power. This is such a powerful time for Capricorn. If you are an Aquarius moon or an Aquarius rising, this is a time of courage with Mars transiting the third. The third house is the house of courage and enthusiasm and our vitality in a lot of ways. So I think you're going to be feeling very strong. I think that you're going to be feeling very create courageous and standing up for what you believe in. It's also a wonderful time being in the third house to learn a new language, to learn a new skill. Be mindful of the siblings. There may be some sudden events with your siblings. Releasing things from the past. I think that you're going to be having some really interesting dreams, some really interesting memories maybe even noticing how past events are influencing you now and liberating yourself from these patterns and conditioning. Such a powerful time for Aquarius. If you are a Pisces moon or a Pisces ascendant, oh my gosh, Mars has moved out of your ascendant into the second house. You're probably going to be feeling so much relief. This is in the house of your finances. So there may be some sudden events with the finances, but I think it's going to be pretty positive. There's a connection to the ninth house here. So I think that finances are going to be nice. I think you're going to be reaping the benefit of your hard work and seeing the reward from that. Lots of focus on your career, at least for the next month. Um, but again, while Mars is in that second house, I think that I think that things are going to be pretty good financially. I do want to warn that you may be attracted to less beneficial substances at this time. You may be more inclined to eat food that isn't the best for you, to intake drinks that aren't the best for you. So just be really mindful about what you're putting in your mouth and how that's going to impact your body. Be mindful of your mouth in general. There might be some blisters. Um, you might bite your tongue. Uh, there might be some things with the teeth. So just be extra careful with your mouth and take extra precautions and make sure that you're brushing your teeth and all of that good stuff. The final thing that I'll say for Pisces is that your path and your dharma and what you have seen your path in this life to be is going to go through a major transformation in the next couple of months. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you have some good ideas on how to spend this last full moon of 2020 and reflecting on your resiliency and what may be sabotaging your resiliency and what action you can take to build it up and fortify that connection with yourself. If you want to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can schedule yourself at innerknowing.yoga and follow me on Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.